Joining us on the show, we have John Doherty, who had a 12-1 professional record and extremely decorated amateur career, uh, winning a bronze medal for Scotland at the 2018 Commonwealth Games and a silver medal in the European Youth Championships. He recently was forced to retire due to medical concerns, um, but he had an extremely decorated career despite that. John, welcome to my show, and how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Um, obviously, I'm up in Scotland, so it's quite cold up here. And um, sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing well. How's yourself, Al? I had no complaints, man. No complaints. It's pretty chilly where I'm from in, uh, in Wisconsin here, so I, I feel that. Um, so, yeah, obviously, uh, you retired recently due to medical concerns. How have you done adapting to life since, you know, you, you finished boxing? Yeah, well, it's a lot different, obviously. Um, uh, boxing was my whole life. I don't know when I was about, started about eight or nine years old, and um, it's been a lot different in life from boxing, but um, things happen for a reason, as they say, and... Um, yeah, it's been good. I've just been doing um, allotments to my dad so people can move into them. Like we sell, we rent out uh, allotments so they can um, put furniture in there and, and all kinds of stuff into there. So um, I've been doing some of that. I've been doing some roofing. So um, yeah, it's been a lot different to boxing anyway. Um, yeah. But um, I'd rather have, I'd rather still be at boxing. But you know, I mean, as I say, things happen for a reason, and um, I'm yeah. sh- sure God's got a good plan for me going forward. You know what I mean? Absolutely, absolutely. You. And we talked about earlier that despite your career being cut short, you still accomplished more than the vast majority of boxers ever will dream of accomplishing. Um, have you been able to look back and reflect on, on what you accomplished in your career and be proud of that? Yeah, well, I, at the time when I stopped, no, I wasn't really. I'm still not, but it was a good career. It was a fast career. Um, obviously, the pro game to the amateurs. I like pro better, you know what I mean? So um, it was... Um, I reflect back on it, it was a, it was a good career. I, I wasn't when it was so long. I mean, I was basically just starting to get kicked off. I was um, just starting my new, basically my second trapdoor pro career. Um, obviously, I signed with Sky Sports. And um, I was waiting a fight and um, fights kept falling through. And um, if I would have kept going to where I was going to go, I was going to go far. But um, yeah, it was, good. it was a good career. But um, too, too, too far, too far short. So when you look back, what's your proudest achievement that you accomplished in your amateur and uh, professional career? I'd say my my European silver medal um, in Poland um, should have been a gold. I got robbed in the final against the Russian, but um, yeah, it was a good experience and um, had a lot of good good ups and downs. But my, my amateur career was the best, and um, I would have said uh, yeah, the European silver medal um, was my best. I know I got a bronze at the Commonwealth Games, but um, I'd say the European was. Um, much harder tournament and um, obviously I should have got the gold. So yeah, the Europeans in Poland. All right. And then uh, what about your professional career? What's your proudest achievement there? Um, I don't really have an achievement in there. Just um, basically just knocking everyone out really. Um, it was all fun and games or knocking everyone out. But um, yeah, that was that was it really. I never, I never won no belt or nothing like that. You know what I mean? So, but it was um, how long it lasted. Yeah, it was, uh, I would say knocking everyone out. What was your favorite knockout of your career and why? I would say my favorite knockout was probably, I think it was an Argentinian boy I fought, just the way I knocked him out. Um, I think he had a good, a high ratio of uh, knockouts as well himself. I forgot his name. I think he was from Argentina. I think it was my sixth fight in Sheffield it was. Um, it was. It was one of our best knockouts. So just, um, it was going to basically start my new contract with uh, with uh, Matrim. So I had to perform and, um, I did with knocking out quick, so um, yeah, it was the one in Sheffield. I think it was on the Kelbrook undercard. 
Um, it was just the way I knocked out as well. Um, he never got back. Well, he got up and he was all wobbled. So just the way the knockout went, that one was my favorite one. Yeah, and, and you know something about your professional career that I found pretty cool was you fought twice in one week, um, and you you won both fights. Talk about what went into that, and and what was the preparation like to take on a tough opponent like Jordan Grant in in just a few days' notice. Well, obviously I fought uh, the week before, and Jordan Grant is with the same management of me, so he boxed the night before, and I boxed that night. And he boxed on the Friday, I boxed on the Saturday at the same hotel. Wow. So um, it was basically the best preparation we could get. And I, I, we never, I never knew nothing about it. To the Tuesday, we fought. I fought on the Saturday, and I got told on the Tuesday that um, I could box and such and such. But we got no one put forward, and they turned on the fight. And then it was him, Jordan Grant. So um, yeah, it was um, it was, oh, it was it was very good because obviously I needed that. I was going to work the same with Sky anyway, and. And then I got to fight on Sky, you know I mean, to show them what I was really about. And um, I'm back with a new team and um, show them what I was about. And um, obviously, I got, I got the stoppage win over a, a, a dual opponent in Jordan Grant. Obviously, fought Tommy Fury and Tommy Fury never worked out in that there. So, um, yeah, and obviously, it was the weight above. But I was weighing heavy anyway because the fight week before, I weighed in heavy. And then obviously, I went out like eating a lot of rubbish. And um, mm-hmm. so I was high in weight. So, um, yeah, and I obviously fought Jordan Grant and... Um, it was all right. Um, it wasn't obviously at my weight division, but uh, yeah, it was it was it was a good opportunity. No deal. And actually, uh, Jordan was the first boxer I had on the show. Solid dude, solid fighter. Um, yeah. So shout out to Jordan. Good dude. Yeah, shout out to Jordan. He's a nice kid as well, and um, hopefully he goes far. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I think he broke his hand, but he'll he'll come back strong. Yeah. He'll come back strong. That's for sure. And uh, okay, so uh, the next question I have for you is. Uh, can you just explain for, for the viewer um, what all went into your decision to, to retire um, from, from boxing? Um, basically, um, I was getting signs of it. Basically, we're getting a sore head on, odd sore head and that there. But basically, um, I don't know. I, I got, I got, you get a brain scan, a yearly brain scan with the boxing motor control. And I got a yearly brain scan. They said there's a, there's a difference in your brain scan from last year's. So I had to go for a memory test. I forgot what it was called. And um, I basically failed the memory test. Um, like I thought I passed it, but I failed the memory test. And um, I got told that I can't box no more. Basically, um, about a week after it, he come back with a report and he said, you're, you're, you was too far out with the memory test. And um, I basically can't box no more. So it was a, it was a big, it was unbelievable take. It was, but um, Obviously, they're, they're experts for that reason. So I, I've just listened to the man what he said, and um, a lot of people are saying, "Why do you go around it? Why do you do this here?" No, from getting into warnings of a, of a, of a man what, what what does that for his job, and then I'm going to listen to him. And um, obviously, I've got two kids and a wife to look after. So, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, and I and I, I respect that because a lot of people would find it tough, or you know, to listen to to what was told to them. I feel like a lot a lot of fighters who end up years from now, you know, having issues. They're the ones who just keep on fighting no matter what the doctors say, no matter what anybody says. And I imagine that had to be very tough to prioritize your your long-term health versus your, you know, your lifelong dreams in boxing. Um, you just talk about that that battle right there, you know, for your, your health versus your dreams kind of and, and what it was like picking well, it between was hard. two. It was basically hard, obviously – it wasn't like it was going to affect me now with my boxing career. They said, if you keep going the way you're going, is that 
you're, you're going to have problems after the boxing career. So when, as soon as I got told that, it was just basically I sat down with my dad and my family and all that there. And I, I, I just knew it was time anyway. They told me it was time anyway. They said to me, you can't box no more because such and such. And that was the reason they put my boxing license. It wasn't me saying, oh, I'm not boxing no more. That's it. It was up to this man, this man right. put it into the boxing control. So it was a hard hard thing to swallow. I mean, um, and to, well, it's been it's been it's been a a bit of a bumpy ride so far, but I'm getting clear of it now. And um, yeah, just basically that that man put brought my, my whole family's mind to conclusion. I mean, we had to listen to that man because um, he's a specialist at that job. You know what I mean? So uh, yeah. it was just I know boxing's my life, and I'd love I'd die for boxing. I know people say they would die for boxing, but listen, I'm not putting my health at, at risk. Well, I've got to look after two kids and uh, a wife. You know what I mean? So no, it was kind of clear. Anyway, like, if I would have got the option to say, yes, you got to carry on boxing, I most likely would have said yes, carry on, but um, I never got that option, you know what I mean? So, um, but things have happened for a reason, as I said. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's something that, that just comes to my mind with you and, and that, you know, decision you had to make was you becoming a high-level boxer that was well on your way to compete for world titles. That doesn't happen by, by luck or natural talent. That comes through hard work and dedication over years and years and going above and beyond others. So my thought is in this next chapter of your life, yeah, you're going to be successful because you have that work ethic installed in you. I mean, if you, you apply that same work ethic that you had in boxing to real life, I mean, watch out. So I, I think that you're, you're going to be just fine that you're going to have a super bright future ahead of you. Yeah, definitely. Go and buy, go and buy it though. See the Jack Clonos. Like, I used to be very dedicated in the gym. I was knocking over and out, and I got to the, the into into that 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 way where I thought I don't need to train. I, I I'm gonna knock them all out, so they're not gonna be lasting with me. But that's what happened with the Jack Cullen fight. Is that I got it on short notice anyway? But I, I I let my mind just think over me, like saying I'm gonna knock them out anyway, so I don't have to train really hard. And it come back at me ten times worse when I was in that fight. Oh God, it was terrible. But yeah, that was the only time I slipped up is that when I never trained properly hard, never had a long enough camp. Is that one there, and that tells you. I had that one, one thing. That one thing where I said to myself, you know what, I'm going to have not had to train. I missed out some. Well, they told me it was too early for the, the fight. I mean, I just thought, you know what, I'll just fight. Um, it was just before Christmas, so yeah, basically never slip up. Um, always keep your eye on the ball, and um, when you're not going to have one out, make sure you're always, you know, I mean, keep keep training hard. I, I wouldn't have to tell a lot of people that, but um, I done that silly move. Well. And I heard you talk in another interview about how you're around a lot of amateurs, you know, giving them advice. Um, how, do you do you plan to stay involved in the sport of boxing in a different capacity? Yeah, well, um, I've been texting people for coaching and um, just everything like that. There, but I just I, I still speak to the, the amateur boys, even when I was pro, like the amateur team was still amateurs. I still speak to all them and that. They, you, you never know, you never know. Um, I just. I will always keep him with boxing. I always speak to the boxing boys like they're my pals. Boxing people is my pals, so it's just hard to get out of boxing. Um, I always watch boxing, so you never know. I might come into management or coaching. You never know. I just have to see it down the line. Just I just know, I just need a rest from boxing itself. Sure. And are there any ventures outside of boxing that you're looking to get into? Um, not, nothing yet. No, nothing yet. Um, but I will definitely. There will be sunk. I would say coming up. Oh. Yeah. So yeah, let's talk about you know the, you know working with the amateurs and stuff. Um, I, I I heard you say that uh, you you told the the amateurs to 
not go pro and to stay amateur as long as you can. Uh, can you just go deeper into that and talk about, you know, maybe the darker side of professional boxing that you saw in your time in the sport? That, that the pro game, I know for for a reason to stay amateur. Like if I even when I was halfway through my pro career, when I was winning and locking everyone out, I was going, you know what? I'm saying to the boys, Akil Hamdi's name is, um, what's on the Scotland court? I said, I would love to come back amateur. It's just a case of that. It's just a lonely, lonely sport. Like that pro game is a completely different sport. If you lose, you're finished. I've seen what they, what they like when you lose. Um, it's just a hard, hard sport. It's just um, a lonely sport. You're down there by yourself. I, I was five hundred, six hundred miles back away from home. I moved down there, um, and one thing happens, and you, they chuck you out like it's like it's nothing. You've moved your whole family down there, and everything got turned upside down on me. And um, not even the, the the case of me when I lost. It's just a lot different. It's not a sport no more. It's just it's like a. I know it's like a, it's like a job where I was taking amateurs as a sport, and I was getting more success. That there was just too much um on oh, it was hard that pro game it was just it, it, obviously it was your job it was your job you know I mean so you couldn't you always had in your back of your mind if I lose here what's going to happen what's going to sure. you have to give 110 percent and just it was a hard sport and um it was a the pro game is a draining sport and that's how a lot of people goes into depression um and I get it now I don't know much about depression but what I'm saying is I know how the people goes into depression like testing few talks and a lot and all the other ones that that's how they do it because I know and I, I've been, I've not been, I wouldn't say I'm depressed, but I just know how, how people can be depressed, why they're pro. Now, now, now I know that for myself. Sure. And if you could go back, how long would you have stayed amateur for? I would have most likely stayed amateur until I was about 25, 26. I turned pro, I think it was 21. It was after the uh, the Commonwealth Games, I just had a good opportunity and um I thought same on match room, no no turning back now, but I should have went really into the Olympics and um went that way, but I never I just turned pro and uh, I, I didn't really think it through. I just thought there's a good management coming to me, a good training team. I thought Sung's telling me to go with these, so I just thought, you know what, I'm gonna go with these. Right. But it was um, not a good it wasn't a good uh, move. Hey, you're talking about amateurs, are there any uh up and coming prospects from Scotland that we should keep our eyes on? Yeah, there's a lot of them um, from Scotland. There's um, Sammy Lee, I mean Sonny, uh, Sam Mickey, Sean Lazzarini. There's uh, a few of them. There's uh, Reese Reese Lynch. He got a bronze at the uh, the Worlds. Um, who else? There's a, there's a few of them. I mean, there's a lot of black. That's the frame, the three main ones I would say. And there's Akilah Hammond. He never went to Commonwealth Games. He's getting a bit old now, but I speak to him all the time. But he's he's 49 kilo. I think he's going to World Championships. Um, so yeah, um, they're all good, uh, big names to look out for. I think Sean Lazarini's turned pro. He's still going to go pro, but he's still going to do amateur, I think. So, yeah. Oh, very cool. No, that's exciting. I'll definitely keep my yeah. eye on that going forward. Um, and then, and as I mentioned, the, the other interview you had, um, it just kind of talking about the darker side of professional boxing off the amateurs. Uh, can you just talk about what it was like working with Ben Shalom, your, uh, the promoter, and yeah, what it was like working with him? Ben Shalom, um, definitely. I would, oh, God. The worstest man ever to work with. I never worked with myself. It was my management, and um, when my management was getting back to me and saying stupid things and oh about what he was saying, he's the worstest man ever to work with. I would, I, I thought, I don't know how he's got a job at Sky. There you are, and that's going for myself and a few other people I spoke to. Well, about five or six people I spoke to about about Sky, and they mentioned Ben Shalom. It's just oh, away with it. He's, I've got messages on my phone. What he sent me. Oh, he's, he's just so disrespectful. He's just, oh, 
yeah, I was not going to go too far into him, right? But um, I would not for Sky. Obviously, everyone else at Sky, John Wish, and all the other boys, they're all fine. But just that man's just too much. He's just um, I just don't know how he's got a job on Sky Sports. Oh, that is too bad to hear. It's too it's too bad. Vaccine, professional boxing has a lot of things that need to be fixed, obviously. And and you know, let's talk about a little headlines right now in the sport. Uh, we mentioned Tyson Fury earlier, and this is kind of a perfect example of professional boxing and in, in the areas that needs to improve. And we haven't been able to see Fury with the some of the top guys in the world, and everybody wants these fights to happen. It's just you know negotiations behind the scenes things prevent it from happening. Um, but how, if Fury fights Usyk, how do you see that fight going, and uh, who would you pick to win? I, I see Tyson Fury win that fight um, wide on points, um, and I, yeah, I see him. I mean, maybe see him dropping him in the fight as well. Um, Tyson Fury dropping Usyk, so I just see Tyson Fury is too big, and his skill set, himself. I know Usyk's got a good skill set. I just see Tyson Fury just all better on fighter and. Um, You'll see that. I know people think I'm mad sometimes. Some people think I'm mad when I'm saying this, but I just see Tyson Fury with a wide points win. All right. I, I agree. I think, honestly, this might be a, a bold statement, but I don't know if there's a heavyweight in the history of boxing who could beat Tyson Fury. I, I, just I could put that in a statement now and say, there's no one just now who can beat Tyson Fury. Not yeah. a chance. I can't, I, can't, I can't see it. Maybe I'll be proven wrong sometime, but uh, I just can't see no one beating that man. He's just... Um, He's just on another level to all these heavyweights. And he's hitting like his prime right now. Like he's like 34, but he's hitting his prime where he's getting some heavy hands. He he's just when he's when he walks in a fight healthy in the right mindset, he's he's a problem. And and I think going to your points, I don't know if anybody can beat him because yeah, the most powerful power puncher um and Deontay Wilder land as great as shots that he could on Fury, couldn't knock him out. So if Definitely. you can't knock him out, how are you going to beat him? <laughs> how are you going to beat him? Exactly, that's what I say. Um, a fight I would like to see is um, Anthony Joshua and uh, Dante Wilder. That'd be a good fight to watch. Um, yeah. Get them two in next. So I think Dante Wilder's fighting uh, Mandy Reese, I think. So um, after that, there, get them two to fight. Who, who wins it? I like you know I mean, and then then you can see that because um, I, I just can't see Tyson Fury getting beat a few six. So you just got to plan Tyson Fury's next fight. That's one for me. You know what I mean? So. Um, would, and it would be a bonus if Anthony Joshua beat uh, him, you know what I mean, don't you, uh, Wilder, and then them two fight, but I just don't see it either. And in that fight, I, I don't know about you, but I, I'm picking Wilder there because I just can't see. Uh, I, I, I think it goes one, Fury. I believe Fury when he says that it's me, everybody else, but Wilder's number two. It's just, just that that punt, that, that, that power is just unreal. I don't know if... That, 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 I know, that's scary power. Look at uh, Donny Wilder's under his last opponent. That's, that's what you've got to look at. Like, <laughs> I know he's got to say this here, but look what he done to that last boy he fought. That was unbelievable. And everyone started raving about him again, that Donny Wilder. So, yeah, I just can't see him. I see him hitting Manfred Joshua and putting him straight to sleep. I just do. I can't see him going past five rounds. All right. And, and so, staying on the Furies, we're going to talk about a different Fury, Tommy Fury. And I think you have a really interesting perspective here because you fought Jordan Grant, who was very level with, with Tommy. Honestly, in my opinion, I think that Jordan Grant won that fight. That's just my opinion against Fury. But obviously, Fury was his home arena, home yeah. judges. Uh, Grant probably needed to stop him or really have a decisive win to get the nod in professional boxing. Um yeah, I think Grant won that, but they were very equal. Um, so it looks like Tommy Fury 
will hopefully fight Jake Paul. Um, as a guy with a very decorated amateur um, background and experience, first question is just what do you think about what Jake Paul is doing in general, kind of bypassing the amateurs and getting all his experience through hard sparring? Yeah, listen, I, I can't, I can't dunk it at that man. Um, one million percent, I can't. Um, he's doing, he's doing unbelievable for boxing. Um, he's getting different eyes to look at it. Um, he's going around sparring all these top pros. It just brings them on. You know what I mean? Um, you can be the best amateur ever, but you can be a bad pro. That's all I'm going to say is that you don't have to be amateur and come pro. Because um, I've seen some of the worst amateurs ever come pro now, and they're doing unbelievable. So um, I was Jake Paul the best, and um, I can't see him. I just can't see him beating. I know it's stupid. You'll probably disagree with this one. I just can't see him beating Tommy Fury. Right. I, I really can't. I just, I, I, he's just. I just don't think Tommy, uh, to, uh, Jake Paul, has got a chin. Okay. I just, I just really think I might be wrong, but I'm just backing Tommy Fury to win that fight. Um, yeah. And I think um, the gentleman, what well, he can't lose to that man, will just make him perform even better. Tommy Fury, I think he performed with his skin that, that that night when they fight. I just feel like his family knows he cannot lose to that man, so he'll have that in the back of his head as well, and it, it just he'll perform better than what he should have to Jake Paul. And I just I can't see Jake Paul beating Tommy Fury. Yeah, so so my my thoughts on it is they were originally planned to fight in December of twenty one. I think Tommy wins that, and I think he he wins that decisively. They were supposed to fight in August of 22 now. That didn't happen. So now it's looking February of 23 because people don't realize yeah. Jake has been training for like a professional for about three years now. I think he's getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And the farther this fight gets put off for, the better yeah. his chances are of winning. So I think it's, uh, for me, I think it's anybody's fight. I, I, I don't know what to really expect because... You know, I've seen Tommy, the, the Jordan Grant performance, I was impressed by how he fought there. But some of his other fights against, you know, he fought Jake Paul's sparring partner, a 5'6 MMA dude, and went the distance with him. Um, but his last fight in April, I wasn't super impressed with. Uh, so I, I, and Jake, it's kind of funny that Jake actually has some more experience in some ways where Jake has fought two eight-round fights now. He fought a six-round fight where he knocked a dude out before the eighth round. And I think the furthest Tommy's gone is six rounds. And Jake's done it in front of the bright lights uh, multiple times now. So if there's uh, any advantage, Jake Jake has some advantage there. And then, obviously, Tommy's been doing this since he's a kid, so he's got much more experience. But I just think it's an interesting fight. Definitely. It's, de it's definitely an interesting fight. And um, like when I'm a traveler as well, and he's a traveler, I just know – what he'll be going through not to lose that fight because his dad's got very vocal about it and um, yeah. I just I just that's Jake Paul pulled the bag, I shot at the bag and knocked at Tommy Fury and then I can see but I just can't see him losing that fight I just know what kind of fear factor he'll have going into that fight I know it's, he says it's Jake Paul and he's going to do this and do that but I just see him have a, a lot more fear factor going into that fight and um, I hope him the best and um, Jake Paul as I said I cannot this amount what he's doing for boxing he's getting more eyes to boxing um, yeah. he's doing unbelievable he's getting paid a lot of money um, and listen uh, if I if I had the option to do, come out of retirement if I could and fight him I would 1 million percent do it but it is what it is you know what I mean and um, I wish them two all the best and, um, and I'll be back in 23 to win that fight
All right. Well, awesome. I, it's been a blast talking with you, John. I have one last round for you, a rapid fire yeah. round where I'll just ask you a bunch of questions and just answer them uh, in a timely manner. Sound good? Yep. All right. First question is, what's your dream matchup in the ring? Dream matchup in the ring? Um, uh, no. Tyson Fury, it would have to be an Anthony Joshua. I just, I just don't know why that is, but it does have to be the main one for Britain. You know what I mean? I'd love to go to that. That'd be a sure definitely go to. Sure. Favorite holiday? Favorite holiday? I've been to Benidorm um, seven times, so I have to be Benidorm, Spain. Right. Hardest puncher you've ever fought? Well, an amateur and pro. Uh, both, yeah. Um, probably a French guy called um, Louis Tutin. He's pro now. I think he's 10 or something. All right. Um, dogs or cats? Dogs. Favorite movie? Uh, Home Alone. Favorite boxer growing up? Manny Pacquiao. Favorite boxer right now? Tyson Fury. Um, your favorite workout? Uh, weights. Least favorite workout? Running. Favorite food? Indian. Favorite place in the world? It would have to be Benado. All right. Last question. Favorite animal? Uh, dog. Awesome. Good deal, man. Yeah, thank you very much, John, for coming on the show. I had a blast talking with you. Um, yeah, best of luck going forward. I know the future's bright for you. So, yeah, um, best of luck. I'm looking forward to staying connected along the way. Cheers, Paul. Thanks very much for having me on as well. And, um, yeah, I enjoyed it. Joy chatting to you.